0: This week's episode of Ear Biscuits is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio.
1: You know, I think I'm going to be using Squarespace to use our URL, internet peanut butter. It's been redirecting to rentlink.com, but I think we need to change it and make it go to just peanut butter
0: type stuff. You want to start selling
1: peanut butter? I I don't know. I just I'm gonna I'm gonna tool around with it.
0: Okay, you look into that. In the meantime, I will let them know that they can try out Squarespace for free without even entering in their credit card information. And then once they're convinced that they want to actually go forward with this whole thing, make sure you get ten percent off by using the offer code R and L R A N D L. So you can visit internetpeanutbutter.com
1: and it'll just redirect the and link because I'm I haven't done it yet. I got to carve out the time. But you should also immediately go to Squarespace.com. Use offer code RNL.
0: Now it's time for an ear biscuit. Welcome to Ear Biscuits, I'm Link. And I'm Rhett. It's time for another conversation with someone interesting from the internet. At the round table of dim lighting this week,
1: we have Brittany Louise Taylor, that's BLT, not the sandwich, but the YouTuber extraordinaire, music video spoofs, vlogging, all types of stuff. We talked
0: to her about her bouts with bullying growing up, how she took on Hollywood at the young age of 19. And the
1: unconventional methods she employed to build her YouTube channel. Unconventional. You won't believe how many videos she watched in her first year on YouTube.
0: Watched, not made. Astounding. Speaking of astounding, uh, I had what they called the confused burrito for dinner tonight. I was there. I heard you order it, (laughs) and... I was confused. Well, there's this... Is me- that
1: why it's called Confused Burrito?
0: No. Well, there's this Mexican restaurant not too far from us. Well, that's not saying a lot. We're in Los Angeles. But <laughs> this is probably the closest Mexican restaurant to our studio, and we've never been. And uh, we decided to go to it. Nice atmosphere, by the way. It was kind of like Disney World, a Disney World restaurant on the inside. <laughs> like doors to nowhere, windows to nowhere. Well, yeah. Barrels with nothing in them. Yeah. I loved it. No animatronics, So, But... Uh, on this, on the, I always go for the what special. What are the barrels? Is that sp-
1: like casks of
0: whiskey, tequila, tequila? Yeah. Um, I don't. I always go for the specials. You know, I mean, I'm the guy. I get the McRib when the McRib comes back. I, you know, the I grass get, is always greener for you. Yeah, and I mean, if I if the chef has taken the time to do something a little bit different. I'm gonna take a chance with him, even if I don't know him.
1: And it is a chance, that's my perspective. If the chef is trying something new, that's what he calls a special. Uh, This is especially new to me, it might be especially
0: bad to you. (laughs) Well, it was called the Confused Burrito, and it had- Great uh, name, by the uh, way. Chili Colorado, which is, beef and red sauce on one side, and then it had uh, salsa verde on the other side, and that was pork and green sauce. And I was like, it's like a Christmas burrito. That was pretty exciting to me. And I got it, but what was really confusing to me is why I finished it. (laughs) (laughs) Now,
1: listen, they bring this thing out. Now, I just ordered the carnitas. Can't go wrong with that. Can't go wrong with that. They had
0: had guacamole? It's like the barbecue of Mexico.
1: Give me the carnitas, hold the tomatoes. brought it out it looked great I looked over at Rhett's plate and it was gosh it was oh man it the burrito was so big it, it looked like it, it looked like someone like a doctor had operated <laughs> pulled like the largest organ out of a very huge animal and put it <laughs> on a hot plate I mean it, it was it had a couple of different color sauces and it looked fleshy.
0: It, it, just, looked, it was huge. No, it looked incredible. I mean. No, but, it just looked like a burrito with two colors. But, but here's the deal. I mean, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it was. But I've always, always, without exception, finished everything on my plate.
1: Well, the thing that I'm, knowing this about you, the thing, the thing that I said to Rhett, people, was before he started eating, I said, can you picture everything that's on that huge plate inside of you a few minutes from now? (laughs) I mean, is is that even possible? And I
0: answered you, not only can I picture it, but I will make it happen right here in front of you. (laughs) You will picture it. You will see a movie of it right now. You just watch me do it.
1: (laughs) See a movie And I did it.
0: it. (laughs) I did it. That's what, you know, that's what hanging out with me is like. It's like (laughs) constantly being at a movie. (laughs) Um, I ate it, and I am beginning to regret that. Well, actually... I've already regretted it three times. <laughs> <laughs> I've had to take three
1: Okay, three okay, breaks. yeah, <laughs> well I got you. okay. I,
0: I'm sorry, Okay. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I am really sorry. The, if you, you know, if you have to stop by, I'm not gonna say well, the name if, of the restaurant, but. So
1: many conversations here are bathroom related.
0: No, I, hey, you don't know what I was talking about. <laughs> no, I don't. Um, just don't order the confused burrito, because it will confuse your, your body. <laughs> <laughs> that's why they call it
1: that. It's just the sheer volume of it confused your body, man. You need portion control, dude. You should have cut it right down that part. The demarcation between the red sauce and the green sauce should have yeah. been the place where you cut that thing in half, and then you could have had half for later.
0: Yeah, but then I have it. It wouldn't have been a, a two-time, a two-tone experience. <sighs> it would have been red or green. I wanted red and green.
1: Well, it's interesting in segueing to Brittany Louise Taylor. There is this confused burrito nature to her start on YouTube. Hmm. See wow. what I see? What I mean by that? Wow. Okay. Maybe, maybe yeah. it involved a character of a different sauce, and then her of a different sauce a little bit later. I don't know. Just see if the analogy fits as we get in this conversation.
0: Here it is: our ear biscuit with Brittany Louise Taylor.
2: No, I, I shot a Hunger Games parody yesterday, and I was at the beach in, like, Cat in His Costume, and, like, everyone was laughing at me, because I'm, like, singing, because there was, like, there's a couple fart jokes, and it's I had to listen, <laughs> so I, had, I was, like, li- like let's say these lyrics, in this Cat in His Costume with a bow and arrow, and I so, ran into, you know, Keep the Heat, I ran into him, he's like, oh, hey, really? I was out in Malibu, like, in the middle of nowhere, like, oh, at yeah. this beach,
1: only in LA. Were you at the El Matador beach? Yeah. That's the beach. That's the beach.
2: Okay, we, I didn't know we about shot that. on that beach too. Okay, because I need I needed like um I needed just a good location. So. Well, it's like the
0: One Direction.
2: Uh, I didn't know you that. You don't know
0: your beautiful.
2: That's our little. Beach, that was the right? beach, isn't
0: it? I think so, but you'll see it
1: in a lot of videos where it's okay. We need a beach with like a rock
2: <laughs> that has a hole underneath that looks like kind of like Hawaii <laughs> or yeah. something. Yeah,
1: yeah. So we we shot our. uh rub some bacon on it there.
0: And there's always something <laughs> going on down there because when we were down there, there was a guy shooting a model, a bikini model <laughs> on the beach. And we were like, you know what? She was kind of, she was in the background of our robot shot yeah. and we were like, you know what? Let's just leave this. She had on a thong I had, oh god, we've it, never had a thong in any you of our videos. You've never had cheeks yeah. in the videos. And this was, <laughs> no cover, this was not a cover of the thong song, which we've, which we've <laughs> considered doing many times, but this particular time it was an original song.
1: Like like that song is so old dude nobody even <laughs> knows that, 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 that song, song is. they know what it is they <laughs> did what okay. it no, because
2: is. i did I, I did a video on my second channel with Andre we were i think we had some sugar and we were just like laughing so we are like we didn't even know the lyrics and we were just like both going back and forth and like dong 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 <laughs> can't handle it and yeah. he was like i am like this? i was like just knew like one word in every line that he was yeah. singing
1: it was brilliant so have you ever had butt cheeks in one of your videos?
2: Um, no. I think I've had... Yours like,
1: or anybody else's?
2: Well, I mean, I've had pants super tight, but you probably... Like, it probably <laughs> leaves little to the imagination, Super but, tight pants. Yeah. <laughs> like, in the, the Katniss video we just shot, I was like, well, okay. They're, like, um, Lululemon pants, and, like, there's... Leaves nothing to the imagination. Like, you can see the cheeks in all their glory. Like,
0: right. It, isn't that what the big controversy <laughs> is about? But, but their pants, yeah. yeah.
2: They <laughs> They are, they're a little, yeah. I, I didn't use a lot of butt shots,
1: so.
0: Okay, you kept it tasteful.
1: I did, okay, I tried yeah. to. We we kept the butt shots
0: at a <laughs> l- l- long distance. But if you click on the actual girl yeah. in the background during that video. You guys put
2: an annotation?
0: It brings up a hidden annotation <laughs> of her walking with the robot. But we actually did ask her, to, we asked her to put a shirt on
1: b- <laughs> before, before, before that. that. <laughs> Well, she wasn't topless. She wasn't topless, but mean, we were like,
0: you know what? Just, you know, we, we just, you know, if, if, if a... F- you know, a two-year-old is out there <laughs> watching this video old happens to accidentally click on this. <laughs> was it like a little Easter more, egg then? Like, yeah, you yeah. Have yeah little, we had okay. a bunch of them in that video. Anyway. Okay. You know, no, no,
2: I had, um, it was really funny. We kept trying to frame out this guy because we want to shoot towards the water, but there's this guy that was scuba diving in for lobster. So you keep seeing his fins come up and then like him come up and dive back down. So you're trying to frame out the lobster guy. <laughs> so, I told you about yeah. this. You could
0: just go dive off yeah. of the coast of... Malibu and you could just get, get lobsters lobster. wow he
2: had caught like six of them
0: now were his butt
2: cheeks exposed <laughs> no we saw a lot of fin lots and lots of yeah. fin not
0: a lot of gratuitous, lot of gratuitous, gratuitous fin. fin
2: yeah yeah and we like I had a lot of people because you know at that beach they have like you know the upper where like the stairs are those, like a mountain well there's like everyone kept sitting up there and watching us and we started to get like this crowd of like people like what is she doing because I have this bow and arrow and I'm like <laughs> lip syncing to these lyrics
0: <laughs> now, here's the age old question though <laughs> did you get a permit
2: No, (laughs) I can't afford permits. Of course, we didn't
0: either. I mean, I've, I've talked to many people who have shot at El Matador and no one's ever gotten a permit. I, one direction probably did though
2: I know. I think that i I don't know. I mean, and I don't even know. I'm one of those people like I just fly by the seat of my pants and like <laughs> film in different places. and if we get in trouble, we go somewhere else. Yeah, like right. you know, go and to I'm the always next super beach. polite and I'm super exactly. I'm always super polite and I'm super nice. And the only time that I got in trouble a little bit, we were filming at the old zoo, <laughs> oh yeah, in Griffith Park. and uh-huh. i didn't I didn't know that that's like that's like heavily patrolled by the rain like the Rangers
1: because and it's
0: haunted by the the ghosts of animals.
2: Oh, is it? Yeah. I didn't know this. I didn't get that, like, creepy vibe. Just, well, that's like,
1: good. You, uh, you weren't haunted. You just were approached <laughs> by a ranger? <laughs>
2: just approached by a ranger. And I had a pink wig on and this, like, um, floral, like, full floral costume. And he was like, you can't be filming here, but blah, I blah, blah. do have a permit. But I, we just ended up going up the street and, like, running and filming in the bushes. <laughs> or so we like, we just, like, ran away. But I got what I needed before he kicked us
0: out. Oh, yeah.
1: That's what we I Well, I was going to bring it back to butt cheeks one more time. <laughs> but instead of doing that... Why don't we just go back to <laughs> go back to your backstory and backstory. not your backside?
2: Okay, not the backside, just the the backstory. Where are you from? Um, I'm from Sedona, Arizona. Well, I moved when I was one and a half. My brother is really allergic to mosquitoes, so he used to blow up like a balloon. And like in Minnesota, where we're from, it's like the Minnesota. It's like the national birds. So, like <laughs> there's mosquitoes everywhere.
1: So we're in Minnesota. Uh St. Paul. St. Paul, mm-hmm. Twin so, Cities. Well, no, one of the Twin Cities. Yeah. Well, yeah, you can't have one way or the other. <laughs> now your your laughter sounds like a machine, machine gun. gun.
2: That's um, it's it's a genetic thing. My brother does it too. It only happens for like. Uh, now I'm like totally self conscious about it. It happens. No, it's to- great. It happens randomly, and we call it the machine gun Can thing. Can you do it again? <laughs> like, but that's not that's me trying. But like, it's when I think something's really funny that it oh. usually comes out. I either squeal or I machine gun. <laughs>
1: It's a little frightening. Not both (laughs) at the same time. (laughs) No. Okay, so you and your brother do that. Are you also allergic to mosquitoes?
2: I'm not. He is. So
1: you got that gene, but not the other gene. Yeah, okay you no, did, got machine the, gun laughter machine gun gene. laughter
2: is both of us and the mosquitoes I'm I like I, you know the bugs always liked Blake he's the one that if we go camping Blake's my older brother so if we go camping he's the one that gets eaten alive in two seconds and is covered with like
0: lotion I mean he's, so this was so serious that it required yeah, he would, a relocation a relocation
2: he literally would blow up like just his whole body was just allergic so and he was just a toddler and my brother was 17 months older than me so he was three at the time and I was one and a half and we my mom's like well the two places we could go to or New Mexico or Arizona for like
1: not a ton of mosquitoes so we lived in New Mexico first what is she doing like talking to how do you find this out is it
2: I think that I don't even know how you find that cause you that was like before internet. yeah exactly that was before yeah. internet that sure. was probably word of mouth I'm sure now you could probably go and google and put like you know cities without mosquitoes but I think it was just probably yeah a lot of word of mouth and they wanted like a small community someplace to raise us that would be safe and
0: and so what were what were uh, your parents doing at the time
2: oh um my my parents were so funny. My uh, my dad was an airline pilot and my mom was a flight attendant, and really? they, they met on no. But this is really funny. They met when they met on uh, the plane. My mom would have never dated him. She didn't know that he was an airline pilot because they were notorious players. This is like back in like the catch me if you can kind of days where like pilots. The moment they came on the plane, the wedding rings like came off. You know that uh-huh. that whole thing. And all the women like my mom used to have to be like weighed in. Like you couldn't be five. Like pounds over your weight, your nails had to be perfect. Like, all the women were gorgeous. Like, that's that was like the actresses of her day. Like, everyone wanted to be a flight attendant.
0: So, she was just literally, a, they li- were weighed and
2: literally weighed. Literally, you come in, and if you were five
0: pounds over your weight limit,
2: you could not fly.
0: Well, you do need to be able to fit in the middle aisle. I mean, <laughs> I'm just, you know, world, seriously, but the, but exactly. yeah. I think that should be, that should be the realistic <laughs> limit. It shouldn't be exactly. a, a mass thing. It should be a volume thing.
2: Yeah. But, um, she had to literally get notes from her doctor cause like she was allergic to nail polish. Our whole family has allergies. So, um, she couldn't wear it. And so she had to have like, b- bring a note with her and bring it with her to every check-in or else she won't be allowed to fly cause her nails were painted.
0: Yeah, it was I do not, crazy. I, I did not accept service from flight attendants that did do not ha- have their nail nails painted. Or.
2: Okay, well then you would have not liked my mom. <laughs> um, so they know they met on a plane just as passengers, and she said they were dating for two months before she asked him like, "Well, what do you do?" She said, "He's like, I'm a pilot." She's like, "No, you don't. I, you're not a pilot. I don't date pilots." So um, the, he had to go get his uniform to like prove it to her. But they they were married, and my mom was still working for a while when she had me. So I think when we moved to Arizona, she was still flying. But then she decided
1: she wanted just she wanted to be home with the kids. It was too hard but but they were able to just pick up and move somewhere yeah. else because of the way that the flight industry worked kind it's, pretty, of thing. it's pretty
2: easy because um you just have to have a be near a major city that you can be based like my dad worked for northwest so like the there's certain places like you at st paul was a base and like phoenix was like a, a like a main station okay. it just had to be someplace that he could get to wherever else he needed to go so there's certain cities that you had to live near and so i think that's part of the reason they picked arizona too was that you know it was close to phoenix so like an hour and a half
1: so your mom is allergic to nail polish. <laughs>
2: everything. Your
1: brother is. A, she's allergic to everything.
2: Everything. She like literally. She's the one like when we were in, like I was raised Catholic and then like we just like switched to stuff. Like now we're just like Christian. I don't know. Um. She like you know in Catholic they have the incense. She'd be the one like like just like like hacking and her eyes streaming and have to run out when they do the incense down the aisles. Like uh-huh. she'd have, we'd have to sit in back and she'd have to bring like allergy medication and like sneak out. She couldn't handle it. She
0: should have just channeled that into like a big emotional reaction and they would be like look how spiritual that lady is <laughs> that's you know?
2: a, I've been healed well, that's I've been a, healed that's yeah. a charismatic church
0: not a catholic church in my right. understanding but, yeah when you do that at the catholic church they kind of just look at you like what's wrong yeah. with that lady you need to go to the church of God down you, got, the you have to keep it yeah. in
2: like it's all about keeping it on the inside <laughs> For, right live with your pain no but so yeah like our whole family is food issues i don't know well, what, what do you have me i have tree oh this is awful and I, I hate it i have a tree nut allergy like which means like i can't have like almonds Brazil coconut nuts. any kind of nuts and i lo- <laughs> that sounds wrong i love nuts i do i love like peanut butter i love butter <laughs> it does is peanut sound- butter a, tre- just- a tree nut no peanuts peanuts are actually a fungus but like most people are i, I know way too much about food what but, hold, 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 yeah. wait, hold,
0: hold. back up a second yeah
2: peanuts are actually a fungus they're not a nut you didn't know that?
0: I thought they were a legume.
2: Oh, I don't know. i heard they're a fungus. That's when they have like the, kind of like, uh, Did you the what is it called? A, Hold on, no, I don't know. She said, I
1: mean, you didn't know
0: that? Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you just said. I have, no, I, like, don't, I know I think, very little about this, but I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say <laughs> that I am almost positive that peanuts are not a fungus. <laughs> I do know. We should look on your phone. No, like, no, can't we're can't not, we it. can't okay. do it. We can't cheat. We cannot go on the internet during an ear biscuit. But I bet, Peanuts can get fungus.
2: No, I think that I for some I've heard that they're a fungus. I whatever. <laughs> and then, <but> I, like,
1: <laughs> I think if you spell legume backwards,
0: it's kind of like fungus. No, I think that you're. Won't work I either. think you're
2: reaching.
1: <laughs> I'm
0: trying to help you out so here. You, you can't have almonds. I can't have almonds. Brazil nuts. You, you know about how they get Brazil nuts? Talk about a tree nut. I mean this thing. Oh. The tree <laughs> is just in the middle of the rainforest, <laughs> and the, the, tre- uh-huh. the they don't grow them anywhere, and the really? trees are like hundreds of years old and they'd have these huge pods that if they fall they will kill you and they fall down and people collect them and it's all, every Brazil nut that you eat in one of those packs of trail mix or whatever you get it it was from some tree in the rainforest (laughs) it is not harvested like a normal thing, it is in a freaking
2: rainforest
0: wow but you'll never know about that because you're allergic to it.
2: I will never know about that. And also, what is it? Is it macadamia nuts? Or mm-hmm. I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think. That cashew. Cashews. No, cashews actually. Did you know they have to be steamed to be opened? So they're like susceptible, susceptible to like bacteria and fungus because the, to get them out you of their get shell. The peanuts out of them. <laughs> <laughs> sure. You have to steam them to get them open. Like, because you can't just get them okay. Out. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, so you, did you ever have like a, one of those really bad reactions where you I, had to like get the EpiPen and stuff?
2: I I usually get no. I've never. had... Had to do EpiPen, but I get like I'll get hives. I'm the one that then I get it. Like it's weird. It'll start more. My stomach will start itching, so it's always around my stomach, and then I get like these red kind of hives just up my body. Mm. It happens randomly. I'll be at a restaurant and I'll be like, "Oh, don't know what they put in there, but it my body don't like it." <laughs> so
1: yeah, I got hives once in my crotch, <laughs> and I went to the doctor. Are you sure
2: it was hives? And <laughs> I had a-
1: <laughs> it was. I swear. And- <laughs> <laughs>
0: look. <laughs> oh, red face! i yeah,
2: mm-hmm. I wish you could see the look on Red's face. His jaw was just dropped over <laughs> Yeah, I
0: didn't, I didn't know about this. So,
2: Brittany, tell me about your past. I got hives in my crotch. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I went to the, I went to the doctor to get it checked out. Well, I'm gonna keep going with this well story. Good. I want to hear it. And the um, oh my, it was one of those intern like assistant persons okay. and they got me to drop my pants and <laughs> took a look at it this guy and it was really awkward and then the doctor comes in and i'm like okay um i tell him the whole story again and i start dropping pants. I, I don't need to see and he just he just says uh here's some antibiotics or something and he didn't look at it and i was like well that's I'm really glad strange he didn't look at it but then i felt bad that he didn't look at it <laughs> yeah, like, so why, why, why can't you take a look was it a fungus <laughs> it was i I think we determined that, that can't happen. They, we did not determine what caused the hives, and it was hives for <laughs> the record, but so the doctor just said, well' it's, it's probably stress. it never happened before, never happened again,
0: <laughs> really
1: so yeah oh my there's did, so many
2: jokes that you can make mean, about that <laughs> <laughs> I
0: did not mean to bring this up how did this happen I this don't is know. supposed to be allergies about. okay so you get, you're allergic to anything else
2: um no I mean just all like oh you know sometimes like the perfumes that are really strong I'll be at like the post office and some woman will have brown's perfume and I will just be dying I'll have to walk out and my, your, my eyes will start streaming so I it just it's just I'm just sensitive to like awful perfumes but sometimes n- nothing
0: ever life
1: threatening
2: no God, so you, it's all minor
1: so your brother changed the trajectory of your yeah, life from yeah. an early age just to kind of just kind of save him from swelling.
2: Exactly. Just well because I mean the thing is like you know especially when the kids are that young it's dangerous because if he kept swelling up like what if his you know his allergy gets more severe and his throat starts to close when he gets stung or you know what I mean it's not mm-hmm. like you need to get kids out of that. And it like, was
0: happening regularly I, I yeah, guess yeah.
2: Like that the, to the point that they had to move because he was wow. just getting eaten alive. And
1: so how old were you when you moved to Arizona? One and a half. One and a half. So your, your first memories remember. are in the desert.
2: I do. My first memories are like we had that. All I remember it was this real. Well, we moved to Sedona. So it was 4,500 like feet is the elevation. Mm-hmm. So it's like an hour and a half from Phoenix. Phoenix is like desert. So where we moved to in Sedona, it's all red rocks, red dirt. It's like known for being a tourist city. Like they have 22,000 people that live there. Now, I think there was like maybe 2,500 or 5,000 we moved there. And it was definitely a retirement town. And now it's just a full blown tourist town. Like they get like 8 million tourists a year or something crazy. It's, it's beautiful re- to see the red rocks just you'll have to google it sedona like it's just it's it's been in a lot of movies like it's just it's just gorgeous but there's nothing to do <laughs> like it's a small tourist town
1: so what did you do what was life like like the grade school Brittany growing up. Oh
2: God! I mean, I think that I mean the good the good thing about it. I mean, the bad thing was there weren't a lot of kids, and any kids that you met or friends that you made were usually tourists, and they're gone in a week. So I had a lot of friends that were like from New York, from Tucson, from Phoenix, from other places that mm-hmm. would come in the summer for like a week or come. I mean, I think that was really hard. Um, but uh, the. Brittany young uh because there was nothing to do we spent a lot of time hiking and we go to the creek a lot like people don't know this but um there's a place called slide rock and the the locals know not to go there because it gets shut down like multiple times a year for your like e coli bacteria because people like go to the bathroom the water so all the locals mm-hmm. go down to red rock crossing which is like cleaner so i spent a lot of my summers just like playing in the water and we had one movie theater so that's
1: upstream of where the tourists take dumps in the water. Oh, it's
2: downstream and way downstream. Like, it's all rinsed out by then because like okay. it's like way, like many miles away from where they all are doing their business in the water. Mm-hmm. But no, when we moved there, there was a place called Bayless. It was Bashes and Payless put together. It was kind of like your drugstore and your um, pharmacy and your like grocery store in one store. Okay. And then there's a place called the Flicker Shack and there was this old guy that hated kids but ran- had the only movie theater in town <laughs> hated kids. So um, we had... It was yeah, called the Flicker the, Shack? The Flicker Shack yeah and he oh. was a like movie Flickr right and we we, there would only play one movie at a time and it would be there forever and it was just one theater we didn't have until I was in high school was there actually uh, Harkins came in with seven theaters and that was like the biggest thing to ever happen in oh, yeah, Sedona seven. when we got seven theaters that was like that was
0: huge. Oh yeah! So you so, spent your your whole, I mean, your well, whole childhood there in Arizona. Yeah,
2: and well, I like uh, my mom. She was a wheat farmer, so they had. She grew up with horses, and I, um, I wanted to get a horse. So probably about like five or six, I think I bugged her enough years. She, I got into horseback riding, so I grew up doing. At first, I did like um, Western pleasure, and I did some jumping, like you know English.
0: What, what is what now?
2: Western pleasure. It's like it's just like it's
0: Western just, pleasure.
2: Yeah, it's not. <laughs> There's a
0: place in Van Nuys, I think, that's <laughs> called that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh Oh snap. Um no <laughs> No, it's um it's like basically like when you see people like they they like, you know, in at shows where they just like walk, trot and canter and like okay, you turn around when, and walk, trot, when and they're canter and show. P-
0: picking up their feet like this, like kinda That's
2: gated, that's different. It's a little bit different. Like they'll be like Tennessee walkers and stuff, like those are like but it's just like when they you know, you walk, you trot, let's so say you walk, you know they're Show up. horses. Exactly, yeah. No, so you're I, not
1: roping anything. No,
2: no, I didn't do any barrel racing or roping or any of that. Did like, you
1: jump over any of those sticks?
2: I did. I jumped over sticks. <laughs> so
1: What's that called? Jumping.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. But then I, I got into dressage pretty heavily, which is like it's really boring. It's it's in the Olympics. It's the most. It's really boring to watch and really hard to do. It's kind of like the easiest way to explain it is like ballet on horseback. So it's like you have certain letters and you do certain things at certain letters. So like a twenty meter circle would be like a little circle in a little area. Or you you know changes would be like changing lead, like from like like left lead to right lead. It's like it's it's really boring to watch and really Very hard technical. to do. Yes. Yeah. So I I, like I rode horses right all up all the way up to 18. I was about 18. And I grew up doing like sports and playing tennis. I was a total tomboy, like really like major tomboy. (laughs) Well, my brother was 17 months older than me and I idolized him. So it was like whatever he wanted to do, like I was I wanted to do. So like, you know, we play video games together. We always like be around each other. We always just got along. So what kind of school
0: situation are we talking about here? um,
2: School situation was, it was really strange because it was such a small town. And like Arizona is like second worst in the nation funding for education. So um, kindergarten was, um, kindergarten was good. And then they pulled us out in first grade. We weren't learning anything. It was like nap time and playing with clay. So my mom actually started a school in our basement. And then it was called Children's Open School. And I went to the school there for two years till third grade. And they hired. Started a
1: school in your basement. Started a school in your basement.
2: School, yeah, a homeschool situation, and then we had um, fifteen students. They paid tuition. They got a gifted teacher to come in. Her name was uh, I think it was Brenda Whitecough if I remember correctly. But yeah, it was two years. I went to school in my basement. <laughs> But it was, it was honestly, it was great. And I mean, they opened up the school to like, and you know, they, they had an interview process with the parents, but it was like, um, the parents had to do with the stuff with the kids at least once a week. And then once a month there was a group activity where we went camping or we, um, we were studying like runes and we went up to Flagstaff, Arizona and we did excavating. Like we got to go into like where the NAU, like the dig sites and like, you know, dig up pottery and whatever and, Mm -hmm. and all that jazz. So it was like, we went to like Lowell Observatory and stayed the night. Like it was, it was really cool. Like it was a very, like the school was very interactive and it was an interesting uh, teaching method because you um, could do anything you wanted all day, but all there was to do was educational activities and you had to do one thing that had to do with math or one thing that had to do with science, but all the toys, all the activities were
1: learning. And there was was one teacher. One teacher, yeah who was there kind of making all this happen?
2: Yeah. And then I think it was about third grade that I just, I really missed, like, I wanted to, I wanted to be around the kids. And my mom's like, I'm just going to send you to school, (laughs) socialize. So I went back into school system at third grade and then just, you know, stayed in public schools up until high school. But I ended up switching. I got, it was pretty, I had um, pretty bad experiences with bowling when I was younger. So I had to um, switch schools. So so
1: tell us about that. What how old were you when that happened
2: oh god it started it just i mean my both my brother and i were just like blonde hair blue eyes just like you know like really tan we're just nice kids but my, because my dad was an airline pilot and at that time in sedona it was just um, everyone thought we were like you know filthy rich and it's like no we're just we're just middle class but like mm-hmm. the median income was not it was not what it is now like now it's like multi-million dollar houses everywhere but at that point like you know they said that my parents like overbuilt and they just built this just like nice simple house like, like oh you overbuilt for sedona so I Everyone, like all the parents, I think a lot of it starts with the parents. So the parents, like, were, you know, thought my parents were rich. So then the kids thought mm. I was rich because my mom like you know she would like oh, my clothes were just from like banana republic you know or something or the gap like nothing nothing crazy but i always had just like nice clothes or i don't know so the the just I had a lot of issues with like girls i had a, it was really funny in kindergarten i had a boy that kept ripping my dresses and my dad's like um he showed me he's like next time he does it just punch him so he showed me like took me into his bed we practiced so the next day he went to rip my dress and i punched him so hard that it, it turned black underneath his eyes
0: both eyes both
2: eyes i I actually, yes, both eyes. And uh, you tried
0: to shove his nose into his brain, I, didn't I, you? I <laughs> yeah, must that, have. That's what my, you had my, told my you. mom.
2: My, well, they had they had they called a the principal, and then my parents had to come in for a teacher meeting. I was in kindergarten, had to come in for a parent teacher meeting, and we were at the grocery store that night. And this guy, like this little kid, was his mom. He's like, "Mom, that's the girl that decked the boy at school today." Like
1: <laughs> my whole sister was so funny. But um, so I'm confused. Who was the bully?
2: Well, he kept ripping my clothes, Okay, so, but it. I was left alone up until like I left school like that. You know, my, my dad was like, I would literally come home every day with like ripped clothes and my dad's like, just deck him. Mm. My dad's old school. He's from camp. He's uh, again, a farmer. He grew up in California. So my parents are like, they're like from the mentality, like you step on someone's property, shoot them. You know what I mean? Like if you're not supposed to be there, like they're like, they're all, they're literally like, they're, they're just, I don't know. They're from a different planet.
0: <laughs> Well, if nobody was stepping in and, you know, if the teacher wasn't stepping in. Exactly. No,
2: we we tried that and the kid would like, would keep ripping my clothes. My dad's just like, just deck him.
0: He never did it again, did he?
2: Nope. I was left alone up until, and then, but then, I mean, I left school and then um, just like people thought I was like the, so I like, even in high school, I got like, I had, um, I worked really hard and I saved and I got an older BMW and I was making the payments. I was working all summer. To, you know, make the payments on the car. Well, I would come out and, like, people would write, like, spoiled, like, B-I-T-C-H on my car. Like, I literally, like, wrote it on my car. Like, spray paint types? No, of? they they took, um like, you know, it was dirty. They just, like, they oh. sc- basically scraped it in with oh, their fingers. It. I mean, but it, it scratched the paint. But, like, the stuff like that happened all the time. But I, f- I feel like, honestly, I always feel like it was a blessing because it just made me stronger. And I think that I'm the last person to judge people because I was judged my
1: whole life. What do you think the... Was the lowest point. I mean,
2: I think what probably was really hard. There was this um, this girl that was. Um, we finally got this family that moved in on the other side where we were at in Sky Mountain. Um, there was this auction where this house was foreclosed, and this family bought it. This doctor, and he had like three. It was um three daughters and a son. And I became friends with the oldest daughter, and she had a sleepover, and I ended up being like the first person to fall asleep. And um, while I was sleeping, they poured nail polish on me, so I woke up in the middle of the night, and my skin. I was like, "What's going on?" Like, "Oh, you knocked it off the." blah, blah, blah. It came out later that they poured it on me because my mom like went you know went back after them but I literally had to call my mom go home she had to go get nail polish remover my skin was bleeding it was really bad hmm. so I mean I had but I had stuff like that all the time I had I don't know just like girls pulling my hair girls and I am like I'm not a person that's I, I didn't do anything like they just would just pick me out So I mean, it got really bad in junior high. So I ended up having to go to a separate school that was in a big park, which is like a, it's like 45 minutes away. So I had to ride the bus 45 minutes and then ride it an hour back. Oh, every uh-huh. day to go to school but I mean it, it made things, it, it got a little bit better but then I had a girl at that school, the problem was that I, it was, it's just so random, um, that's when I really started getting into theater and acting and they had um, Missoula Children's Theater, is like a traveling uh, thing that comes to town once a year, it's really cool and everyone comes like from Sedona, Cottonwood, Camp Verde, any of the Flagstaff, they'll come and audition it's like a week long thing where like, in the, um, they put on a play in a week basically mm-hmm. so they had, um, and everyone everyone wants roles in it, everyone wants to do it because it's really freaking cool. Like they bring the sets. It's just all the costumes. It's amazing what they do in one week. But they had um for the Wizard of Oz, they had auditions and out of I think it was five hundred and fifty people or whatever, I got the role of Dorothy. And then that that caused a lot of problems. Because like I just had girls that just didn't like me for whatever reason. And that was at the the new school. So it's just girls. <laughs> and so and you- we're talking
0: about a time before, I mean you know, today there's all this uh, anti-bullying uh, anti- stuff. Yeah, there the wasn't all anti-bullying yeah. campaigns, and so there's documentaries about it. There's movements. There's organizations. Yeah. This is before any of that. Yeah. So, um. You know, how do you? What, what do you think about the way that things are handled today? And do you wish that somebody had? kind of stepped in and helped you? Or you're like, you know what? This actually made me who I am.
2: I'm really glad that it, I, I'm glad it happened to me, but I don't want it to happen to anybody else. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, I'm, I think it made me really tough. Cause I mean, I moved, I moved to Hollywood when I was 18 by myself. Like I went on 150 student film auditions before I booked a student film. And it's not that hard. You know, sometimes there's like two people auditioning. It's not. And I'm like, and I know I'm not doing a bad job. Like I know some of them like really well. So, I mean, I think I was so used to like, People attacking me or rejection or whatever growing up that it just felt normal. Like it was like, oh, okay, well, this is this is life. Let's like try. I got so used to knowing that you just have to get up and try again and get up and try again because like my mom made me go to school. Like she made me like you know go and she didn't let me. I mean she would give me what she called sanity days. Like once a month she would say that I had like you know a doctor's appointment or something. She'd give me the day off so she
1: let me stay home. But but it was basically like torture every day.
2: Yeah, it, I would come home crying. Oh, It got better when I got into high school because that's when I got really bad acne and then the girls <laughs> started being nice to me because oh, really? my skin was all broken out. So then I was like, oh, okay. Then I wasn't so much of a target and being in high school, like by that point, there had been some more people that moved into the town that like, quote unquote, had money. And again, my parents were middle class, but it was just like most people were very low income. Mm-hmm. So to them, they thought my parents were like filthy rich. So I think that was when like high school actually got a little bit better. And I think two people will start to mature a little bit more. And I think that the difference between high school and grade school is grade school, they're going to say things to your face. High school will say it to you behind your back, which I right. prefer a lot more. Like talk about me behind your back. Like, just leave me alone. I don't care what mm-hmm. you say about me. Like,
1: just let me eat my lunch. <laughs> so. And your brother who you were close to yeah. was like a year ahead of you in school. Mm-hmm. maybe two. Yeah. And so was, was, he was, was he a resource for you?
2: He, um, like I think in high school it was good because, you know, we kind of like you, you start to form like, I hate to say it, it's like a posse. Like you have people that you hang out with and there there's protection in numbers. So when you're around, like, you know, we had all like, you know, we'd had land parties at the house. And that's when I started to become like, if anything, my, more of my friends were guys than girls because girls, girls can be catty sometimes. Guys are more fun. The things that I want to do are usually guy things. Like I want to go to the theme parks, I want to go. To movies. I'm not saying all girls are like that, but just like it just it just seemed to work out that way that I wanted while they were having their Dune land party, I wanted to hang out and eat pizza with them. So like that, it just ended up working out. But um I mean my brother experienced a little bit of the just the bullying. Like he had a guy like throw a burrito at him and like almost took out his eye. Like just like no, that was that was in grade school. No, I mean it's just it was like, it's interesting. Like, everyone has their own experiences and have gone through, like, way worse, but that's... You know, Sedona's a very interesting town. You know why, though? It's so beautiful. I have this theory that people move there thinking it's going to solve all their problems, and then they realize they're, wherever they go, their problems follow them. So you end mm-hmm. up having this gorgeous place with all these crazy, miserable people. <laughs> that's what that's really what Sedona is. It's all... The, all We call them the... Like, there's all the nut jobs. Like, they're all nutty. <laughs>
0: well, do you think that the you know, the bullying that you were experiencing, um, you know, you said that you started theater and you started yeah. you know, trying to be an entertainer. W- were those related?
2: No, I think that I, uh, well, I, this is <laughs> when I was four years old, I saw the Miss USA pageant and I literally wore a bathing suit for four years of my life. Like my mom let me, she didn't care. She's like, so, I mean, I had to wear like regular clothes to school, but like any other time, like in the winter we have pictures. I have me with like tights and the bathing suit and whatever. Like I just, I don't know. I, I think I always like wanted to be a performer without even really knowing mm-hmm. what that was. I n- never like I haven't aspired to be like Miss America or anything but like um, there's this place called Tulakapaki that's like in um, Sedona and there's like a, a little platform outside one of the restaurants and my brother would go here's Brittany and I'd go up there and sing and dance and now there's a sign there that says no performing on the platform that's because of me <laughs> because I would like literally people giving pennies and whatever and it was it pull away from the businesses and they're getting really annoyed because I mean I was a little girl like it was obnoxious I was loud but like it drew attention from what their businesses were
1: Right. It's interesting because you describe yourself as a tomboy and you're interested in then things that you end up having more guy friends than girlfriends. Yeah. it kind of plays into the the bullying environment that I guess you were in. But at the same time, you've got this want to be a beauty queen type of. I'm in a no, bathing suit.
2: I, no, but you understand. But it was like it was just. I think that I like to do all the guy things, but I've always been this way. Like I like hair and I like makeup, but I'll go camping in a heartbeat. Like that's just. I think I have a lot of interest <laughs> so but I think mentally like mentality wise so even now like my my all my best friends are guys I mean w- when eventually I do get married all my bridesmaids are going to be male like it, it just that's ha- going to be interesting yeah and I think that I that's, think
0: that's I, that's not allowed
2: it's going to it's going to yeah. have to be I'm sorry they're like that's how it's going to work cause are you going to make
0: them wear dresses
2: no like they'll just think they can wear their suits and be them sassy like them sassy selves but like <laughs> it's just you know it's just how it's going to work out
0: Okay, so you said you moved to Hollywood yes. at 18. Yes. <laughs> so as high school was finishing up, Well, you, you I, I graduated you, a
2: year early. So I, okay. ended up, I got a, um, an art scholarship for drawing. Like, to, It was so fun. I had an academic scholarship to Northern Arizona University, which is Flagstaff. But at the last minute, I got a scholarship that was like partial tuition to ASU. And I, I was like, I don't know, I went with my gut. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to do well in that cold weather. I'm going to go to Arizona State so I ended up going to um, ASU for um, two years, and so it was, I'm sorry I moved here when I was 19. I was I turned 19 the month I moved here. So I moved in August. Okay. So um, I was go- I went into college at 17. So
0: for drawing.
2: Th- for yeah, for drawing. So I was um, I was in art classes the first year, doing you know all that stuff. And but you, you didn't know. say
1: I'm a drawing major, did you?
2: Oh God, no. <laughs> I'm like,
1: majoring in drawing.
2: No, no it, I was in the arts dorm, which is okay. like, and it was called McClintock. And it's like this, it's right on campus. And it's all, it's all like architecture students, dance students, theater students, and acting like, you know, like, well, let's see theater and art. And it is the craziest party dorm on ASU. It is oh, yeah. nuts and dramatic. No, oh my god, like you don't understand. Like people people someone flooded the dorm one night where there were like the wreck area is and lit toilet paper on fire. Like stuff like that happened on a weekly basis. I got to the point where I didn't get out of bed for the fire alarms, which is extremely illegal because I was like, I'm I should get up at six AM for class. I'm not I can't deal with this. Right, I'm just yeah. gonna go to sleep. I just put yeah. the pillow and stay. I'll, I'll get up when I feel the heat. Exactly, because it's just another false alarm. It's just someone else doing something. Something crazy. Exactly. And artsy, fartsy. Yeah, no, like you ASU is the kind of campus that you see like they're not supposed to haze for like their uh, For their sororities and fraternities, but you see the naked people with like clown things running down the middle of like the, I forgot what the name of the strip, like all the time. Like you see the most crazy stuff.
0: So, at some point during this process, though, you were like, I don't want to be a drawer.
2: I never I never wanted to be. I think, like, I always wanted I always wanted to do acting, but my mom, like, you know, wanted me to try college, and she's always been super supportive, but she's afraid, just because you guys know this, being in LA, it's a hard city to be in, and I think she didn't want me to be in an industry that was so, so like, so challenging and so heartbreaking, and she just wanted to protect me from that, so I think I just prayed long enough, and, like, one day she woke up, and she's, like, she realized, she said, she said something, like, God told me. It was like, you know, I'm the one holding... Holding her back, and then she, moment she told me, she's like, "Just go to L.A." I moved like a month after that. Like I wanted to leave right then and there, but I finished out my finals and
1: then, and then moved
2: But after sophomore year, mm-hmm, yeah, it was right, right after my finals, I so moved. So she
1: gave you her blessing, yeah. And your dad? What about him? Oh, he
2: was always in. My dad's the cut was the kind of guy that um, was like, "Whatever you want, just go for it. I support you. Like you know, sounds great. Brittany, do it. Like that's my mom's. Like, well, we need to think about this. Like that. The, my mom. If they was, rip
0: your dress, punch them. Exactly. Of story.
2: Exactly. Right. If you want to go to L. A., go to L. A. Like that was my father. But so so what
0: do you do when you when you're 19, you're a 19 year old girl and you're moving to Los Angeles? How does that work?
2: I always um, I always thought of it as like a business where I came in. I came moved here with very much of a business mentality. I wasn't I had this thing. I was like, I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to work. So, I, I bought this book called Acting is Everything by Judy Kerr, and I like bookmarked every single little thing on it. And I got into classes right away. So, I was, you know, I'd saved some money while I was in college. So, I had, I was taking scene study classes and commercial classes, and I basically treated it like a business. I went to every single audition. It didn't matter what it was. Because I figured it was audition experience. Um, and I, I just, I did everything I possibly could. I did uh, like tons of actor, like, you know, the uh, casting director workshops. And like, I went to producers a lot. Like, I went to producers on like Ugly Betty and Go Mar Girl and Chuck and a bunch of shows from like cast directors seeing me and it, it get so close to get down to like the six people because like what people don't understand there's like auditions and then there's like the like your um, the producer callback so on the producer callback that's like they've already had 10,000 submissions they've probably auditioned 100 people they'll narrow it down to like six or eight or four mm-hmm. to bring to producers to show them I would get so close on this stuff and then not get it and it was driving me so crazy so one day there was this notice on now casting for this, this um, company called uh, Operator 11 and this guy named i think his name was josh harris he took his last three million dollars and he created this company that was like live video broadcasting and they were looking for people that wanted to do their own shows so i um at that point that i thought about i'm like oh well you know would it be funny if i did this like clueless life coaching character named ron anthony tanner so i went into that um and pitched them my idea and like made out with my hand in the audition and they're like she's crazy we love her so i started out with your hand i made out with my hand like i had a whole like the whole spiel about like Rhonda's like um Rhonda kissing technique or something and like literally made out with my hand in character and they were dying laughing so that like, it worked so um i started doing a, a show with them and then i i think it was i got up to like i was like at that point this was before this was probably eight years ago or nine years ago mm-hmm. i was getting like a hundred thousand hundred thousand views an episode on my stuff but and what was that outlet again this was it's called as well it was a live video broadcasting company called operator 11 And it was, um, it got, I came to work one day and the doors were just chain closed. They ran out of money. (laughs) But it
1: was an, it was a website
2: yeah it was a website yeah it was like a like kind of think of like um you know people they have like live stream now or like it's kind of it was like one of the first kind of like live stream you stream blog
1: tv type but i
2: but i did it in a different way i would pre-film all my sketches and then i would go live for a little bit but i would play my pre-film sketches so i turn it into kind of like a show where i would do you Mm. know i would i would intro it and outro it but the middle part was all pre-done and i was still
0: online somewhere
2: I have the FLV files, and they're awful. Because <laughs> this is, like, not... This is, like, what, eight and a half years ago? Eight years ago? Like, it's not... Like, this is this is back in the day. It was just when still things were, what, four three Like, aspect oh, yeah. ratio. Like, yeah. it's not... 320 by 240. Oh, yeah. And, we, like, when we keyed things out, we thought it looked really good, and it looked awful. Mm-hmm. This is, like, before... You know, come on. This is, like... I don't even know if After Effects was out yet or like you know everyone was doing stuff in Final Cut and like But well, this is how you were getting paid. I was getting paid I was getting paid some I um to the extra money I did a lot of promo modeling work which is oh my god. What is that? it's it's so hard it's basically like you on your feet for 15 18 hours a day and it's like you know modeling
1: clothes or
2: or it would be like a promo like you know how let's say that you're like um you go to like any like volleyball event and let's say there's kellogg's is there and they have a bunch of like attractive people walking around with like boxes of kellogg's like the new cereal that's it's it's called promotional modeling so i um walking around
1: a live event with toting some sort of product
2: yeah but, it, but what i worked a lot of the because it's perfect because i'm pasty white i did the abp pro tour so for volleyball so like that like that goes all over all the beaches and that that out in the sun for so 15 beach hours volleyball. beach volleyball handing out sunscreen samples for like 15 hours at a time well
0: you're you're a tall uh
2: I, i'm short in girl, comparison so. to those people well, how I, how are you? I'm, I'm six feet
0: yeah, I mean, okay. yeah,
2: no, but I mean, like, I felt at home. I was like, oh my God, like, this is the first time in my life that I'm short. Like, everyone's yeah. tall on beach volleyball.
1: But that's hard work.
2: It, it, it was, it was, and they think the hardest part was that you, it took a while to get paid on stuff. Sometimes it'd be like five months before you get paid because it's not, it's like they, um, you get paid really well. It just take time to get paid. So, I also worked out with my roommate where I was a dog walker. So, I would walk her dog in exchange for money off my rent. So, I get like $600 a month off my rent so I did and then for all my classes I would paint my act. like I painted my one teacher's fence like I like would pull weeds I'd take care of a house and it's gone like I would literally work out with my teachers where I would work for them to be able to take lessons for cheaper so I did anything you could possibly imagine to pay the
1: bills so the live stream job started from just going to yet another audition yeah, yeah. which you kind of at a certain point you're just you said you were kind of taking all auditions just to see what would anything what would catch
2: well because I mean when I first like this is not so much how it is now but like well I mean it might be but like a lot of actors when they first moved to LA will do a lot of student films because sometimes those go to festivals and they do well or they're you know all the future you know directors so I did a lot of student films like when I finally did book one with LA film school I ended up doing 18 in a row yes because what happened is i would be on set and then like someone there would have their thesis project Mm -hmm. coming up and like and i would just hand out my cards to everybody and i was like you know i was nice and i worked hard and i did my stuff and i left so i ended up doing like i think it was 18 in a row and i couldn't use one of them because the footage was all terrible because it's all students Mm -hmm. so yeah i did uh, i did a couple for usc i did a couple afi ones just a lot of student films
1: but the, so the live stream thing, how long did you do that before you showed up and it was just like doors were six barred?
2: Six months. I, I worked my butt off for six months. Like, and I think I had on, on their thing, I had like 100,000 subscribers, like followers on the, their site. Because wow. I used MySpace. I would go on MySpace and I would spend all day long talking to people. And I had this whole thing that I was like, well. it's
0: In I- character.
2: In character, people. And what thought, was the name of the character? Rhonda Anthony Tanner. So it was Rat. It was mm-hmm, like Rat mm-hmm. Coaching. I want to exterminate the pest from your life thing. So like, but I mean, my mom always says if you can build an audience with Rhonda, you can build an audience with anything. Because it was a very weird character. But that, um, that was right when Lonely Girl Fifteen like revealed that she wasn't a real person. Do you remember when that well, yeah. was? Was a real person? Excuse me. Yeah. Um, that's right when I started well, doing no, YouTube. No, she wasn't
1: a real person. It was well, exactly it was a character.
2: Well, well, that's what. I mean. Yeah, exactly. So the fact that she like you know was an actress. That's when that when that all blew up. Is when I. started... Started YouTube because my mom's like, well, Brittany, she's like, that was really, I was really angry, really upset because I put six months of my life into this. I thought I finally had something going, you know, I, you know, I thought like when you come to LA, it's very much where like the mentality of you need to take classes to learn how to do anything. I don't know if you guys know that, but like you need to take a class to learn how to direct, you need to take a class to learn how to write, you need to take a mm-hmm. class because it's all there's no limits to the way you can spend your money here. Mm-hmm. You know this, oh, yeah. so I think it was really good for me because like people at the studio taught me Final Cut, and then I bought it green screen i just started writing so i almost got to like become a filmmaker without having to pay money or go to class or it's like i got just to learn from doing it and like that was the best possible experience was just to be able to just try it and make mistakes
0: and you started your your first youtube channel as this character as right? this
2: character yeah in 2007 How, and so, okay. you,
0: that was based on your mom's
1: advice yeah hey, she's, she's like watching, <laughs> she, she was watching lonely girl
2: yeah, no, she just, she saw something in the news because the, she's like, Brittany, this girl is now, uh, you know, getting TV stuff from her YouTube channel. Like, and I kept, you know what I kept hearing at the cast director workshops is like, you have to be, you know, a co-star to get any guest star roles. You have to be a guest star to get any recurring or series regular, you have to get any series regular roles before you'll be up for pilots. Like they had this whole pecking order. And they kept saying like, you, know, you have to be a name, you have to be a name, you have to be a name. And I'm like, well, what if your name online, would that make a difference? Like, you know, so I thought maybe if I created something online, i read this really um really good article by this casting director named bonnie gillespie and she's like you can either keep chasing these directors and chasing these cast director casting directors and chasing these producers or you create something and people come to you so that, that really got me thinking i'm like okay i need to you know i've been here in la for four years like busting my butt nothing's major has happened like i've you know, gotten close on some things um you know so this was like this was like my shot to do something what's mm-hmm.
1: the closest thing you got to we would, would we know something?
2: No, I mean, I just like I just like a lot of like a just a lot of like co-star it roles big
1: at the time. They were a big opportunity Oh, yeah. For no, there,
2: was, um, there was an NBC pilot that I got pretty close on, but they never ended up shooting it. I got cast as the girl, and then it just fell mm-hmm. through. So, I mean, that was, like, the closest I got to anything.
1: So, Lonely Girl 15 was the way in to start a YouTube account for you. Yeah.
2: I, I literally, I just saw her. Like, I was like, okay, like, is she, you know, maybe if I create something online that would open up doors. It's like, all I, like, I just love acting. So, it's like, you know, any any possible way. Like, I'm the kind of person, like, I'm willing to put in the work. And you guys, too, like, I don't, I don't care if I have to edit 20 you know 20 hours in two days or whatever it is I mean as long as it's a good product and mm-hmm. you know I'm getting to like you know do what I love and I, it's, it's worth it
1: so you just the first thing you did was you just moved that character over hey I've got yeah. 100,000 followers yeah. over here I'm gonna start a YouTube channel how did how was that transition
2: Um, it was uh, it started out where I like Um, in the first month I was getting about like 5,000 views an episode by month two I was getting like 10,000 views an episode and what year this was 2007 okay yeah so then like then, on average, my average, then after like, you know, I think it was, I, I did that when I used to respond to every single message and comment, like mm. I literally got a carpal tunnel in my wrist. I was responding to like 8,000 comments a week. I was insane. I tried just turn it into my full-time job. I was like, I'm just going to, and then the partner program came along and I was like, oh my God, yay. I think I had 3,000 subscribers when I applied to the partner program and got accepted. And that was so nerve wracking. Do you remember back then? Because like if you were d- denied, then you had to wait like six months again to apply. Do you remember oh. that? Okay, this is like... Okay. I, didn't, I
1: didn't know that's how it worked. Yeah,
2: you have to... If you they were denied, you had to wait six months to apply again. So um, when I applied, I got accepted, and I was like, yeah, I have a YouTube partner. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, so then I started doing the stuff with um, Rhonda, but then I was on that channel for, I think it was about two years, and that's when I met Shane. Like Shane was watching my Rhonda stuff, and he thought that I was actually Rhonda. And when he found <laughs> out that I... What, I think I put out one that was like 10 facts about me, and I decided I would finally show people... Like, And I think it did really well on my... On my channel, I was like, oh my gosh, she's acting.
1: But it was the same channel. Same channel. So this was like you saying, this is a character. Exactly. And was that like a bombshell for people? It was for, for Shane. For a lot of people.
2: No, for Shane it was. he, he like, uh, like, this is Shane's words, not mine. He's like, oh my God, she's not retarded. Like, like, <laughs> These are Shane's words, not mine. Um, so he was like, he's like, oh my God. So then like we, um, I think we started messaging each other back and forth. Because again, I was watching, I watched 50,000 videos in my first year. Like you know how YouTube used to track the video views That's that you'd watch? That's right. It would yeah. show you the well, it would number show you of you views of vi- you have watched. The of videos, yeah. yeah. So I watched 50,000 videos in the first year. What? cause I was leaving comments. Like just like, I figured I literally thought, I mean, the best way to form a community is to go out and, you know, like make friends and watch stuff and be supportive. And I would leave really nice comments. Like if someone is singing video, I'd be like, Oh my God, you have a really good voice. Or I'd try to, did pick you invent positive. the
1: phrase sub for sub? No, that you? God, no, <laughs> no, I was I not- watched your video. Watch mine. It was no,
2: I never did that. The only person I ever got blocked by was um, Bratz and Beretta. Beretta. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. I ran, I ran into them at the YouTube space. I'm like, you guys know you blocked my u- channel because I used to go um, on, every day on to, like Lisa Nova and whatever, and I'd leave a comment on their channel page.
1: Well, you went on our channel too. You probably. I re- no, I remember.
2: Was it the uh, was it the weird eye photo? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I did. was like, oh gosh, who is this? <laughs> I didn't bu- did block you. <laughs> you you don't remember this? I because- do not remember. it. I yeah, was because, dedicated, man. Because you could go to someone's channel. channel page, I mean, yeah. you can still comment on somebody's channel now, but it's basically you don't hidden. You not see it. Yeah. It's it, not. This was a front and center default oh. thing. The latest person to comment on a channel, and a lot of people wouldn't do it, so it would stay up there a while. Mm-hmm. And you'd do it mo- a c- couple of times. I would. But in character.
2: Exactly. 100% were, character. it was all like character. sparkles and rainbows. Yep. All in and character. I thought,
1: yeah. And I thought you were <laughs> that girl. And I was like, oh, B rat. Yeah. B rat needs to, I mean, multiple times. <laughs> I <laughs> I forgot. It's <That laughs> yeah. amazing.
2: It's kind of embarrassing, but not because no. it was my past. So, like, like I, I've, I think I've learned a lot. But I mean, you know, it's like you, you just, you see what works. Or- so
1: Shane. Whenever you did that on Shane's channel, he had seen your videos, or him,
2: him and Kate used to watch my videos, make fun of me. Like I was like, you know, Shane always has that person that he loves to watch for a laugh, and I was the person that he would watch and be like, oh my god, she's (laughs) mentally insane. (laughs) So like, um, we started messaging each other back and forth because like, remember YouTube had a share button too.
1: And you were in character.
2: No, this was like this was after character. Like this is I put out that he contacted me after he's like, what? Oh my god! He said he even told he's like, Kate, she's a real person, it's not. brought his talking thing. I don't even know. So, um, we used to message each other back and forth on actually MySpace because MySpace was still very p- prevalent then. So he was like, "Oh, is the share button broken for you?" I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "We should hang out sometime." I'm like, "Yeah." So we, w- this is and the how first popular time. Popular
1: was was Shane. He at was the getting
2: like I think he had like twenty five thousand subscribers and he's getting like fifty thousand views an episode. And I right. had twelve thousand subscribers and he had eight thousand. So that's when we became friends. He like ate, like we're just small channels. So we met up at um Third Street Promenade with Kate and it was the first time I've. Ever ever met anyone online like i don't do that like that's that scares me like hey like, but i just knew we'd be we'd be like we talked online i'm like he seems normal and i was kind of hanging out with this like group of guys that was just really strange i was like i was like all of their the, in a strictly platonic way i was like all they're treating me all like their girlfriend and it was so strange i was like, I'm, like i need to get out of this So i need to make some new friends it was, like, how, they,
1: how specifically were they treating you well
2: they would just like text me and call me all the time and be like like super like flirty and it was just this whole group of guys and it was weird it was just really strange so i like i mean they, would, they were dating all other girls but then like like they would get jealous of it. i was just really strange like i was like i'm not dating you guys we're just all friends what is going on so i ended up i was like it was at that time in life that i needed some new friends so shane and i i think then we went uh, shane kate and i went to six flags and i remember we went to whole foods later he's like oh he's like oh could you ever play an emo character and i'm like yeah what do you want me to say and i was just like really dry like all throughout the supermarket he's like brilliant so he wrote it and then we did emo breakup and then that that went pretty big and then we did uh how to get big on youtube and that and that i got big trouble with my roommate because like shane like filmed on her bed on the one see like i did i like i kind of do- talked into it but it's really funny now when we go back <laughs> and talk about it but um yeah so that was what like, on her bed he filmed the <laughs> we want to say what part of the video it's like we're say it no it's like sh- like he's he's doing something very inappropriate to joe nation on my bed like <laughs> but they like censored it out
1: <laughs> like, on your so, roommate's on bed. My roommate's
2: bed, yes. And then um she, she a coworker told her cuz the video got like I don't know it was a couple million views and then she goes like,
0: <laughs> I saw your bed. Uh, there like, two dudes in it.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's That's your internet. house and like they're filming and so it was just really It was, she wasn't the nicest person, but still, I should have asked her. It was, that was like one of my things going back. It was a guilt thing. But it was like one of those things, like, I had no money. Filming locations. Like, it was bad. It was bad. So
0: at some point in this process, you say, okay, uh, it's time to kind of develop my own identity
2: no shane's the one that said you need to stop playing raw dead you need to create a new channel and you need to because like as you can play other characters is like you should create a channel where you play all different things and i was like oh, light bulb like duh that's what i should have done from the beginning was like be myself and play multiple things so he's the reason i start
0: what year is this um
2: i think that was four years ago four or five for my Brittany louise taylor channel so, then I, that's when I forming that one. So, I think it was it was because of him that I did it. And the, I think the first video I uploaded was, like, the emo breakup bloopers or something. Mm-hmm. Like, from the bloopers from our video. So,
0: so did you have a, a, you know, a lot of success early on because you had Shane, who was growing in popularity, who was, you know, you, you were appearing in his videos. So, was it, you know, it you was, kind of no, I had moved to, quickly? To,
2: no, well, then it was crazy. I mean, but before that, I'd been on, on YouTube for two and a half years. So, like... It wasn't like, you know, it was really weird. It, for me, I like, got really excited when I got 50 subs a day. Like, that was big. Like, you know, I would, my goal was like 20 to 30 where I would try to like, you know, make friends and I'm like, you know, I, I at that point, I love to keep like a graph. I'm a person that likes like notes and lists. Okay. So like, oh yeah. I got like 15 subscribers a day. Yeah. that then I would keep like write down every morning what, what my subscribers were and my You were doing were. your own
0: analytics in other
1: words. Basically.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was so. Yeah, I would,
1: YouTube's nice enough to make that graph for us uh, now, now. But back you then, you were making, you were doing the lines and everything Old back school. then. Yeah, line graphing it.
2: Mm-hmm. So I think that you know, then when we, it wasn't really crazy. But the thing is, like about Shane though, he would kept doing shout-outs, and he'd tell people like, um, I remember I did a video of Panasonic and he told people to go say, show me your tatas on my video. But like, show me your, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he told this. So literally, I have fifty thousand comments of show me your. yes so like and I was like how do I explain this to Panasonic like like,
1: (laughs) 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 because (laughs) because your your content what is much cleaner like you won't say the things that no, Shane I just, said, it's just no, not you me. Want relay. It's different.
2: Yeah, I think that's why we're friends. We're polar opposites. Like that. We're polar just all, opposites. Well, but we both have good hearts. But he's like, you know, he's like dirty and will say anything. And I'm like, I'm like, no, I won't say that. I'm still like a little child. Like I'm like, my mom will get mad at me. <laughs>
1: well, what kind of uh, audience have you built? Who are the? I mean, is it? Is it girls watching you? Is it's a different audience than Shane in some ways, right? I mean
2: in some way, I think that, you know, I've picked up like but like most of it's from Shane. So I have like my audience is like eighty three or eighty four percent female. I'm just like between the ages of 13 to 24. So I have all these adorable, adorable young women. Like I would say at VidCon, like people get like, you know, they'll come and they'll surround them. Mine get in a line. Mine the cute little girls that get in the line and mm-hmm. they're very polite. Like everyone else gets like, mine's line. I just got a line. Like they're so <laughs> cute. Like they all line up. They don't. And then they're patient and they wait their turn. Like they're so cute.
1: How does knowing that that is your audience impact what you create?
2: I think the best thing for me is like when you start to meet the people that watch your videos, I think anytime that you're tired or like, you know, you've on your fourth video that you're editing like today where I'm like, I've edited four videos today. I'm I'm like, and I'm still like, I'll have to go home and color correct and do more. just because deadlines on a couple things. It's like when you meet the people and then like, I, there was this one girl I remember just last VidCon not too long ago, she was, um, came up to me in line and she said, she started crying and she's like, you left a comment saying that I was beautiful and no one's ever told me that I was beautiful in my whole life. And she's this gorgeous, asian woman i think she's korean gorgeous like absolutely gorgeous and i'm like no one had told her that she was beautiful like i just the fact that like me leaving a comment mm-hmm. on someone's video could change their life like that like i think for me like i just i love acting so much and i love the people more so like i don't know i've always been like i don't really get all stressed out when things happen with youtube with numbers or things break like as long as there's someone watching like i just love the
1: kids And I think something that just a casual viewer of yours may not realize is how technical you are in your approach. That (laughs) you're, I mean, you're, you pretty much do everything on your channel. That you do Mm. the music, you may get someone to produce it or sweeten it or whatever. Yeah. I have, I have um, editing and all of that is something that. You I take do. Hands on,
2: right? I've been. I just started to hire. I'm training, and she's brilliant. I've been training someone to help me just with editing on like the beauty videos, just because it's just like you know, an extra eight videos a month that I just need help on. So, but I mean, yeah. I mean, I write and produce and pick up the props and film and do
1: everything. And I'm like, my You're friend, very technically minded when it comes to those things.
2: I love it though. I love. I'm like, like well, I have some of my friends that they're like, oh, I just want to, I just want to act, just want to, whatever. And I'm like, I love every part of the filmmaking process. I love the shot list. I love filming. I love editing, I love acting, I love the whole, I love the finished product, I just, I love it, I always say I'll bleed for it, if I'm passionate about it, let's do it, I'm ready now, to bleed.
0: Now, at what point did, or it has this point come, um, did you say, okay, well, now I'm doing YouTube, I mean, that's, that's what my career is, and that's what my career goal is, or is it? Is there still this sort of side dream or bigger dream beyond you two to be like, okay, I do want to parlay this into an acting career.
2: You know what's so funny? Like I um do you have, have you ever made like a goal sheet, like of goals that you have? Well like okay, well like uh, Spreadsheet. Uh, well okay, well, okay, there we go. no but I, chart, Go to I'm too nervous
1: list. to write them down.
2: No, but I did. I then I'll ro-
1: find it and feel guilty.
2: No, but you, it's so weird. I would, like literally found the sheet that I wrote, and I think I found it. I don't know if it was a couple months ago, and it was like a reoccurring role on a TV show. And i'm like I have that right now. I'm like I'm like a national TV commercial. I'm like I have that right now. I'm like all the things that all these things I've wrote and written down. I was like check a manager that believes in me. Check, and it's like. It's. I realized at that moment that I'm like, I'm living my dream. I get to do what I love. And I'm like, I don't care if the project is on YouTube or it's a film or it's a TV show. I don't care where it's at because I feel like the lines are crossing. Like I was in such a rush and wanted so badly to break into TV and film when right now TV and film wants to break into YouTube. Like it's so strange. Mm-hmm. Like everything's going online and uh, right now I have no desire to leave. If anything, I mean I wrote an eight episode web series. We had an offer for funding from one company. It wasn't enough money. We have another thing. Finger cross, fingers crossed that we'll see if it comes through. Like for me, if anything, I just want to keep, you know, increasing the quality and things that Would that, that I
1: make. be a new channel? What's the, get, no, what's the be, nature of it?
2: um i don't want to go into it too much this is a really good it's like it's it'd be almost like a cw kind of show so it's like it's a it's a like 10 minute webisodes there's eight of them and um it's very interactive and it's very it's what my audience would like like you know it has to do with like romance and love but it's like it's really funny like the characters are very each one's very distinct and it's very funny
1: so you're playing a character i play the main the main
2: girl samantha
1: samantha yeah and just give us a little bit of what Samantha's like. What's the hook?
2: Um, I think that the big, well, the big hook of the series is the relationship between her and her best friend because they're perfect for each other. He's in love with her. She doesn't realize it. So it's like that whole thing where you're always rooting for them to get together and then they, they finally do. And then they don't. And then it's, you know, it's just all that, but it's like the, I don't know this, the series, again, I don't want to go into it too. Much. I'm so, I'm so paranoid. I'm like afraid of the, of the eight, the first eight episodes are written. The first season's done. And I just you know I want to get it made and get it out there. So
1: so it's a question of sponsorship with enough well, money to cover the budget.
2: I just haven't like I just uh, I thought about doing Kickstarter, but I have like I have this ma- I have major issues with being like, hey, uh, give me ten thousand dollars and I'll give you a line in my show, you know or something like I I, I don't want my mm. kids' money or my viewers' money. I would rather you know get a sponsor behind it or get you know I feel like that's the route that I want to try. I mean I who knows I might eventually if you know try Kickstarter, but I don't think I want to. I don't want you know, I don't want my viewers' money to do something that I want to do. I'd rather it be free for them and them just, you know, be entertained and have to deal with maybe a little bit of sponsorship in it.
0: Now, you've been doing this for quite some
2: time—seven years, yeah,
0: right. And you know, and we have each other. You know, this is not an easy. This is not an easy business to be in because where YouTube is constantly changing, and you have to yeah. constantly kind of reinvent yourself and come up with new things and keep people interested in that kind of thing. You're doing yeah. this kind of alone. Uh, and you're still doing it, and you're still, I mean, you're going to leave from here and go and edit more videos. What keeps you motivated? What keeps you going?
2: I think that it's just mentality. Like, I get, I literally have to tell myself that, like, you know, that there's like, I watched this really good sermon by this pastor, Joel Osteen. And he was talking about how, like, you have to literally tell yourself that, like, there's nothing that you can't handle. Like, get up and, like, just know that whatever God gives you, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're religious or not, but, like, I'm, I'm, I'm a Jesus freak. So, like, um, he just, he talked about how, like, you need to get up and say that, like, you know, that thank you, God, that whatever you give me today, I know that I can handle because you wouldn't have given it to me if I couldn't have handled it. So, on the days when I'm really tired, I'm like, okay, well, This is on my plate, so obviously I can handle it. So I think a lot of it's just, it's attitude instead of me when I'm home editing, instead of being like, oh, I'd rather be out. It's like, oh, look at what I'm getting to do. Look at the products. And I mean, I struggle with the changes to YouTube because if you know, it's like the trend is a lot of like, you know, put up multiple videos that are lower quality or like put up like a gaming video or whatever. And I just know for me, like, that's not my style. Like I lo- I love making really cool videos. I want, if anything, and when I just put up like a challenge video with my brother, or a challenge with a friend, I'm like, I feel like I'm letting them down and they love it. But I want over the top. I want like something different you know like so it always bothers me I'm <laughs> want to upload that video <laughs> but yeah so I think then it's just it's just fun. YouTube is one of those places that like you know it's always gonna keep changing and I mean who knows if it's gonna be YouTube it might be another site in five years. I mean but I know I'm always gonna be making my own content like once you realize the power and freedom of doing stuff yourself, you'll never stop. It's like being your own boss it's brilliant.
0: Well, it's a pretty we, we good can, deal. It's it a really is. Good I mean, deal. but people, people don't.
2: I mean, I get a lot of people ask me like, "How do I get big on YouTube?" And I'm like, "They're like, it's just hard work. Like, some people hit it on the first one. Some it's two years. Some it's four. Like, look, the Fine Brothers. How many years was it for them before mm-hmm. they blew up? Was it seven or whatever? Like, then then now they're huge. Like, you can't like, you have to put the work in. You know, I'm like, get a camera, learn to film, learn to edit. Like, you know, you got to put in the work, and then you know, if you want anything, you just fight for it.
1: Well, we appreciate hearing your story of uh, fighting for it and the success you've had. thanks for this time that you spent <laughs> with us. Grab the Sharpie. You gotta sign the table. Oh I do? Yeah.
2: Okay. Do you describe it like as I'm signing it or how do we do this? Because this is they're listening right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. You, maybe okay. you should go over that direction. There's <laughs> good t- s- yeah. real estate for you in the territory like over here. I'm gonna put a heart.
0: Oh yeah. And
2: I'm gonna put BLT. Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
0: And that was our ear biscuit with Brittany Louise Taylor. Thank you to
1: Brittany for uh, sharing her story. You know, the thing that struck me was her sheer tenacity in creating her YouTube presence. How she was she had something on that the live streaming platform. And interestingly enough, she had pre-taped segments. That was you know it was very uh, YouTube-ish to do that to take a live platform to but to have these. Uh, edited pieces, and so she, she actually used something that was made for YouTube and did it somewhere else, which was made more for live streaming. Well, and
0: also going back eight or nine years and doing anything that had hundreds of thousands of people that, who were interested in it, that that is just unheard of. I right. haven't ever talked to anyone who has who had that kind of success that long
1: ago. And then it was shut down, and she had to basically start over on the YouTube platform, and she did it in, in the tenacious way that she did it. it. First of all, she did it in character, but then she stayed in character in the comments. Like I totally forgotten that she had commented on our channel, man. And now I, I, I do I, remember, I remember that. it vividly. I do remember it. Like I mean, I I thought I interpreted her character as being a stalker, like someone who's a little too into what we were doing to reply to. I was a little concerned. (laughs) But she was in character. That was the great thing about it. And she commented on everybody that commented on her video.
0: And watching 50,000 videos in her first year on YouTube. I mean, the thing that is really significant to me is that you've got people who kind of just stumble into it you know we talked to glozell where she makes the initial video that it's sort of an accidental viral video and then yep. it's and then her career becomes about well building upon that moment you know and it becomes a successful youtube career and then you got somebody like Brittany who just basically willed it into into being and you know and i just i know there's a lot of people out there there's a lot of people uh listening a lot of people you know in that now that this is a thing that you can do, who they want to do it, and you just see that, well, it might be a whole lot of work. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's it definitely, well, well, that's I one know, of the paths.
1: Yeah, I don't know that Brittany would say, she, you, you should reply to every person who comments on your videos, but hey, you know, that's, that's one way to do it. I don't think she's capable of doing that now with the, the you know, the, the quantity of comments on her channel. I'm sure she doesn't, she's not able to do that now but she still maintains that personal connection that I mean she was able to tell us about. So um again it's great to get the perspective on how she has made it to the place where she is and we look forward to you know this this narrative series that she's talking about but it seems like we got a little bit of a scoop on that. So that's good. That's what a ear biscuit will give you. The scoop? It'll give you the scoop. It'll give you an understanding. It'll help you understand somebody. Now when we watch her videos or when you watch her video, you're going to understand more of the girl from Arizona. Maybe we should have called this podcast The Scoop.
0: That's what I'm thinking It sounds right now.
1: like, it makes me think of cat litter, you know? How about ice cream? Or ice cream. The Scoop. Kitty litter ice cream. Now you know, that's something to think about. You developing. never had a cat. Why do you think about a kitty litter with... I, Scoop. I, I had a cat for a little bit, if we really
0: want to go into this.
1: <laughs> I had a calico kitten that I slept, uh, on, yeah. it, it it slept on my worms. pillow and then it got, it got worms and we oh, got yeah, rid of it. We don't want to talk about that. Let's not I talk didn't kill that. it. We just gave it back.
0: Gave it back to its mom?
1: We'll get into this <laughs> later, Rhett. Thank you for listening to this Ear Biscuit. We do it every week. We have capacity for you to invite your friends to listen via the SoundCloud or the iTunes. And
0: please do that. Keep listening. Keep inviting. Uh, use both ears and uh, we'll keep broadcasting in mono. You keep listening in stereo.
1: We will reply to your comments individually.
0: Next week, uh, Link's going to be in your left ear and I'm going to be here in your right ear <laughs> <next week. laughs> uh, Well, we'll talk about that. Maybe not. Well, it's possible. Yeah.
1: We could, I mean, technically we could do that.
0: Uh, I'm going to try to make it happen. See you next week or you hear us next week. Something yeah. like that. Man, you're falling apart. Bye.